0: Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. 1-1 one, one pitch, fastball pulled and passed to Alvarez in 20th corner. Get up, Bob! Get up! Get out of here! Got a fantasy question? Email Baseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes real! Now, here's Adam, Scott, Heath, and Chris. All right, welcome
1: everybody to the Tuesday show here on May 14th. I am Adam Azer with Scott White and Chris Towers. And if you want to know some of the legitimate breakouts in 2019, we're going to talk about them on today's show. Uh, Guys, we're off to great starts that we are absolutely buying. We're also going to get worried on a Tuesday. We're going to get turried about Aaron Nola. (gasps) And possibly Shane Bieber. Four home runs allowed by Shane Bieber at the White Sox last night. And we have some exciting call-ups as well. I've teased the show enough. Oh, also, we have company names to uh, follow up on the Griffin Canning episode yesterday. Scott, we had a lot of submissions with some good baseball player company names. All right. Yeah. I'm excited for that. Scott commissioned the listeners. He was like, hey listener i oh, usually i'm the one who does that he's like give us some company names so we got it and chris yeah. chris we have a, a just dreadful round of team name tuesday
2: i'm very much looking forward to that that's the best yeah those are the best rounds of team name tuesday
1: <laughs> chris likes team Name tuesday I, probably more than anyone more than b which is
2: great I, I, there's just nothing i love more than wordplay you know just yeah. just give me bad wordplay good wordplay it's all it's all great
3: Okay. I got a submission unsolicited from a friend in one of my leagues, player whose player whose name most sounds like a subdivision. Rich Hill.
1: Why? I that don't get for it. You? No, I get it. It does it. A sub of what? No, I get it. I don't. Yeah, I had admit- yeah, like
2: like a gated community. I think there's a better one. Though. Oh, Rich Hill. Uh, it's like Rich Hill's <laughs> a little too obvious and on the nose and these always have like kind of weird like beautiful bayou so i think lasting's millage sounds like the <laughs> yeah. subdivision of a like gated community in the suburbs yeah Okay. that's very yeah good.
3: no I definitely could see that as throwback i like it though. yeah yeah
1: yeah uh, i think the best one is so far that i've seen is garrett cole like garrett cole is like a great company name for for, <laughs> for coal mining or whatever it garrett is cole. garrett cole mm. i think that's it's fine. great chris you shut up all right here we go Let's talk about the, <laughs> the prospects that are being called up. Cleveland will call up Oscar Mercado. He's 18% owned. He stole 37 bases in 132 games last year. He has 14 steals in 30 games so far this year. Meanwhile, Kansas City, they run more than anyone. They have eight more steals than the next closest team. The second-best team is uh, Texas with 32 steals. Kansas City has 40. Well, now they're adding Nikki Lopez. Is Whit Merrifield going to play the outfield, and Nikki Lopez is going to get called up. Uh, to play second base, and he has more walks than strikeouts in his minor league career, which is cool, and he also can run, although he hasn't run uh, quite well. Let's see, he has nine steals in 31 games this year. That's good, but a bit of an uneven track record of the minors. Anyway, uh, Scott, if you're going to pick up Oscar Mercado for Cleveland or Nicky Lopez for Kansas City, who would it be, or both, or neither? A lot of options there.
3: Yeah, I don't think either of these guys is, like, must-add across the board. Uh, Certainly, if you have a need at the positions where they're eligible, they're worth a flyer. Mercado, you know, everybody needs stolen bases, and that seems to be what he does best. I never expect guys who get called to the majors to run as much as they do in the minors because that's just not a big part of the modern game. There's obviously not as much to lose by getting caught stealing in the minors as they're in, in the majors, so that never seems to translate fully but obviously the indians need to generate some offense that's one way he's going to do it i don't think he's a you know a total slap hitter or anything this isn't like billy hamilton so you know it just depends it just depends on if he takes to the majors right away we've seen some prospects who have this year and we've seen some who haven't such as carter kiboom and and nate low um but yeah i don't think the ceiling is extraordinarily high for mercado and i don't think it is for lopez either uh so the fact that there should be playing time right away for both. Yeah, I mean, if you have a need, why not?
1: Uh, by the way, you know by the way, sorry. What? Uh, uh, Carter Keyboom sounds like a toddler's clothing retailer that competes with Oshkosh, Bagash and Jim Jimboree. Carter Keyboom. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Chris. Uh, these guys. You know
2: who's, minor league track record Oscar Mercado's looks pretty similar to, is Greg Allen. Remember him?
1: I do remember him. I do.
2: That's not to say, look, and that's not to say that he will struggle the way Greg Allen did, but one thing that we see quite a bit with guys coming up from the minors is, especially this type of profile, like middling at best power relies more on on a plus hit tool. Those guys can get exposed at the major league level when they start seeing better pitching that's a little harder to make contact on when they rely so much on contact. I'm adding him where I can because of the stolen base potential. Um but yeah, there's definitely some risk in going out and and you know, spending a bunch of fab on him.
1: So are both of these guys only add them if you need steals? Is that basically how we'd put it?
3: Uh but- I'm not I'm not really counting on I mean, I guess maybe since it's the Royals and they they are obviously one of the most aggressive teams, I think the personnel has something to do with that. But I don't I don't look at what Nicky Lopez did in the minors and think, oh, this is a guy who's going to be a big steal source once he gets to the majors. Um so no, I'm not I'm not even really counting on that from him. Okay. I think Mercado's the better bet if you're specifically looking for steals.
2: I think Lopez might be the better hitter among the two. I think um you know, especially what he's done since getting to the PCL, only 34 strikeouts in 88 games. Um, you know, he could yeah. be a, a really solid source of average. And, you know, he has started to develop a bit more pop. Maybe that's a product of playing in the PCL, but you know, I, I think he's a more interesting hitting prospect. And I would guess, uh, since they're planning on moving Whit Merrifield to the outfield full-time, that Nicky right. Lopez is going to get a chance to stick for sure.
3: 20 walks to five strikeouts at AAA this year for Nicky Lopez. Yeah, that, yeah. It's that's crazy. really, that's kind of what um, uh, Luis Arias used to be before he kind of tried to add more power in his strikeout spiked. So hey, he
2: hit a home run last was, night. What was that? Luis Luis Arias hit a home run last night, so.
3: You
1: know, he's, he's, he's doing
3: that. But at the expense of what made him good in the first place.
1: Why does Heath Cummings own Nicky Lopez in the in mo- in our roto league? Well, like he didn't pick him up. He didn't pick him up last night. He owned yeah, Nicky mean, Lopez. Yeah. That's <laughs> well, he's
3: tapped into the Royals, man. He knows what's going on. I he guess, knows what's uh, coming.
1: I guess I what's can't even the find pike? the transaction. Like when did this happen? Nicky Lopez, uh, very <laughs> very interesting there, Heath. Um, Okay, so those are your prospects for today. Also, speaking of good plate discipline, like, like uh, Nikki Lopez, can I speak? Uh, we've got to talk about Tommy Listella. Is he a legit breakout? We might disagree on this one. I'm just so interested to see when Nikki Lopez was picked up and going through. Oh, there he is. Nicky. I missed it. <laughs> Nikki Lo- going through the transactions. Uh, it was on May 5th he picked him up, and he dropped Julio Arias. Julio Arias. Um, nobody cares. So back to the notes. Terriometer Tuesday. Aaron Nola has a 486 ERA, 20 walks, 48 strikeouts, and 46 and a third. Now his previous three starts were pretty darn good, 17 and two-thirds, three earned runs, but he did give up 17 hits in those 17 and two-thirds, and he faced Miami, Detroit, and St. Louis was on the road. So um, Nola, it wasn't like he dominated any of those starts, like six innings each time right around there and he gives up uh, 3 runs in 3 innings, obviously not having a great year, uncharacteristically wild. Turriometer since it's Tuesday, 0 to 10 on Aaronola, Chris Turriometer Towers. It's I want to say like a one
2: because there's nothing there doesn't doesn't seem to be anything physically wrong. Like he's throwing as hard as he has in recent years. You know, his pitch mix hasn't changed. There's not really any obvious sign except that his swinging strike rate has been cut from 12.4% to 8.2 percent, which takes him from Oof. solidly above average to solidly below average. 8.2 percent would be, I would guess in the bottom 25th percentile for starting pitchers. So he he's just not pitching well, but I would still take this as a buy low opportunity because I believe in the talent and I don't believe that he's hurt.
1: Okay, Scott, what about you worryometer? on uh, Nola. I mean the, the takeaways
3: is the same for me, but I'm I'm gonna put it I'm gonna put it at more like a four just because I I think there's a realistic concern that he just doesn't get his command back this year for whatever reason. I mean we've seen good pitchers have bad years like that. Um I don't know, I wouldn't say all the time, but it, it does happen from time to time and uh so you would have to make sure you're buying low i certainly wouldn't sell low on him because pitching particularly high-end pitching is so hard to find and there doesn't seem to be anything physically wrong with him like chris is saying i mean that i i don't think this is like worrisome as far as the rest of nola's career goes it just we just may look back on it as off year because for whatever reason he wasn't commanding his pitches as well and it and made it so he wasn't missing bats as well and obviously a lot of walks um so you know, I'd go for, but I don't disagree with the final assessment.
1: Would you rather have Aaron Nola or Hyunjin Ryu? I um, I'd rather have Nola.
3: Yeah, I think I still would too. Though I am, it, my instant reaction was to say Hyunjin Ryu, but there that's you. like Nola's fallen to about that point, nearly nearly going to drop out of the top twenty.
1: Do we have any concerns about Shane Bieber? Four home runs yesterday. He's got a 381 ERA, but a 109 whip. Great ratios 13 walks of 54 strikeouts and 49 and two thirds. Six of his eight starts have been quality starts, but he did struggle yesterday at the White Sox. Now, I, I feel like Chris might have some concerns here. So, Chris, Toriometer Tuesday for Shane Bieber.
2: Um,. Yeah, I don't know how, like, concerned I am because I didn't quite buy the Shane Bieber is already an ace thing. Um, I think he might just have a lot of Ricky Nolasco in him. Um, And, you know, when you look at, like, the peripherals, really high, really solid strikeout rate, uh, good control. Ground ball percentage is improving after he started out the season, you know, below 30% through his first five starts, I believe. I just, I think his pitch mix might be too predictable. You know, when you look at against right-handers, 47% fastball usage, 40% slider usage in all counts. And you look through first pitch when he's ahead, when he's behind, when the count is even, when he has two strikes, he uses his pitches in the same exact way against right-handers. And then I, I just, I wonder if he just, He doesn't, he needs to tweak some things still. And I'm not sure when he gets there or whether he can sustain. Did you give us a number? Incredible.
1: Did you give us a number uh, on the tour? Six. Oh, that's a a very high number. It's a very high number for a guy who's been very good this year. Scott, how about you on Bieber? I was thinking
3: three, which is lower than I said for Nola, but obviously expectations were lower for Bieber to begin with. Uh, Yeah, I'm. He's still struggling against left-handers, at least relative to right-handers. And that was after a lot of talk about this changeup was going to revolutionize him this spring. He really hasn't thrown it that much. And he could use it to help close that gap in the splits. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there, there does still seem to be a lot of upside. Obviously, he's still close to must-start, I would say. I'll go three.
1: All right. We're going to take a quick break here on Fantasy Baseball today. When we come back, who are the legit breakouts of 2019 one of them had a terrible start on monday night we'll talk about it right after this
4: true green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn all you have to do is water and mow and they'll do the rest weed control fertilization aeration among others they'll do all of that so you can do literally anything else You have better things to do with your free time than focus on your lawn care. Let True Green take care of all the hard work it takes to get a great lawn while you take care of everything else on your to-do list. You can trust True Green to give you the best lawn because they are the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. They offer a satisfaction guarantee and they have a verified best price promise which gives you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. Think about how hard it is to manage our fantasy baseball teams. You need all the time you can get to put in waiver wire claims, fab bids, send out trades, and set your lineups. You'll have that extra time when True Green is taking care of your lawn. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people, guaranteed.
1: Legit breakouts of 2019. I'm going to start with Chris Towers. I know oh. you had three that you really want. Yeah, I'm starting with you a lot today. I missed you, Chris.
2: I missed you too, Adam.
1: And I have a TV show recommendation that I'm going to give you in about 10 minutes or so. so you Okay. Know, pins and needles. Uh, you had three that you wanted to talk about. Who are they?
2: Josh Bell leads the way for me. He was someone who I liked as a breakout candidate coming into the season. I liked as a breakout going into last season as well. And we started to see that breakout in the second half, and he's just carried that over. And when you look under the hood, it all looks completely legitimate. His expected batting average is 311. Expected WOBA is actually only .006 points higher than his actual, uh, uh, yeah, his actual WOBA. So there's not really much of a gap there. He's hitting the crap out of the ball, 95.1 mile per hour average exit velocity that's Joey Gallo territory. So yeah, he is someone who you know, long had that kind of we think he'll grow into power prospect profile and he's certainly growing into it and this was it seems like less of a fluke because he has spent the last year and a half or so talking about trying to improve his his swing path to create more power.
1: Okay, yeah, and he's hitting well. Josh Bell also hitting well on the at home this year, which had been sort of holding him back. He is the number three first baseman in Points League's number two in Roto. We're not going to rank him that high, but Chris is buying the breakout with Josh Bell. He's also buying it with Caleb Smith, the only stallion that exists, Caleb Smith.
2: I mean, look, they still got some, some, some stallions in the stable <laughs> to call on. But yeah, Caleb Smith has been not just the Marlins best pitcher. He's been one of the best pitchers in the National League so far this season and there's definitely some regression coming. He has a 2.11 ERA compared to a 2.85 FIP, but 2.85 would still be really good. <laughs> and in terms of the the talent indicators that we typically look at, he has been one of the best pitchers in baseball so far and you know, I, I think
3: he has the best swinging strike rate among qualifiers.
2: He has a 16.7 swinging strike rate, which or is or maybe massive.
3: Garrett Cole's is better, but yeah, he's way up there at the top.
2: And you see, like he has a really good swing and miss fastball. He gets a lot of rise on it, even though he doesn't throw it that hard. But this year, he's grown more comfortable throwing his slider and his changeup. Uh, fastball percentage usage is down about 11.5 percent. And that's going to help you get more swinging strikes, even if you have a really good swing and miss fastball. Okay. There's a lot to like here. I don't think he's going to stay at this level, but I think well above average pitcher.
1: And you knew if anybody knew that what his swinging strike rate was, you knew it was going to be Scott White. Also, just wanted to play this stupid song. Yes. Uh, this Somebody's walk-up music was Old Town Road when I went to the Yankees. I think game. Alex Bregman has used it. I think a lot of people uh, are using it. Yeah I mean, it's a great song. Take Oh, jeez. Wow, it's just terrible. Oh, it's terrible. So I just want to see one thing real quick. You said like, what was it, 16.7% swinging strike rate?
2: Yeah, there is one thing to keep in mind with Caleb Smith is that he, the Marlins have talked about he's probably going to be on an innings limit this season. I think he only threw around 877 last year and it was like 120 the year before. So I would guess we don't see more than about 150, 160 innings out of Caleb Smith, so it. I believe the breakout is legitimate. I believe he'll be an above-average pitcher moving forward, but this might be a good time to try to trade him also.
1: Okay, just want to say Griffin Canning has a higher swinging strike strike rate than uh, Caleb Smith, 17.8%. Yeah, but he
2: doesn't qualify. I know, I know, Adam. I know, but
1: you missed it from yesterday. I was saying if he did qualify, he'd probably be among the leaders. Yep. Uh, well, you
3: know who has the highest of all qualifiers or not is Blake Snell, who's oh. like... Way ahead of everybody else.
1: All right, and finally, <laughs> Chris. Old news. Chris, Catel Marte. Chris, I need you to go faster here, so we don't have to rush Scott, because Scott has like 15 legitimate breakouts, and you only had three. Oh, we don't need to
2: get. Well, to maybe Scott doesn't have to do all of them. You uh, know, why, well, why? Why do I have to rush? Uh, Catel Marte <laughs> is another guy like Josh Bell who talked about changing his swing last season. We saw some results from that. He became a bit better of a power threat that last year, and he's continued to grow there we're seeing you know a decent average because he makes pretty good contact he sacrificed a little content f- contact for that power but overall I think it's been a plus for him and what he's doing right now based on the batted ball data does not look like it's unsustainable he should be able to keep this up we've been waiting for catal Marte to you know become a useful fantasy option I think we're seeing that he could potentially be a 25 home or 15 steal guy who doesn't kill you anywhere else and that's really valuable.
1: yeah it's Marte is interesting because his fantasy points by a week and I would say like this day and age if you're not scoring 20 fantasy points in a week, it's it's a bit of a let not to say you have to do that every week, but I'd like to see 20. uh 42 in week one that was that was the 10 day week then nine then eight, then 31, then 34, then 10. So he's been either awesome, Catal Marte, or had a terrible week. But sometimes that's just the way it goes. Uh, and he's made a lot of improvements against righties. Always good against lefties, but been a lot better against righties this year. Still not great, but hitting for pop against righties. All right, so uh, Scott, after Chris gave us Josh Bell, Caleb Smith, and Ketel Marte, first of all, do you disagree with any of those as legit breakouts?
3: No, uh, I actually spent the past couple days writing a column about twelve pitchers, and then what about twelve hitters who uh, weren't basically weren't people weren't that interested in them in draft day, and they've performed like studs so far. And just rating the legitimacy of all of them, and uh, the highest rating on my legitimacy scale was confident, as opposed to hopeful, skeptical, or doubtful. And there were four confidence between those two columns. Two of them were Josh Bell and Caleb Smith. The other two are the first two I'm going to talk about here.
1: All right, let's do it. Guy coming off his worst start of the year, Matt Boyd. Four innings, three runs, two homers allowed against Houston, but... Overall, great numbers: thirteen walks, sixty-five strikeouts, and fifty-four and a third. And if you don't think you're about to hear about Matt Boyd's swinging strike rate, then you don't know fantasy baseball <laughs> today. <laughs> Good, Scott. I
3: actually wasn't going to say any. I mean, it's up. It's way up. Um, but that, I, I think that kind of goes without saying. Uh, yeah, he's kind of done the same trick Patrick Corbin did last year, where slider was his best pitch and he's really emphasized it more than ever before in a way that's made him much harder to hit, that's given him a lot more strikeout potential. I don't worry about yesterday's start because he had gone 8-for-8 in terms of delivering good starts. That was obviously something that had to end eventually. And if there was one area where it seemed clear he was overperforming, it was in home run prevention. He had had good home run luck so far. It's why his FIP was actually much lower than his ERA for as good as his ERA was. His FIP was in like the 220 range prior to yesterday. Um, so that's fine. He gave up three home runs in four innings, or two home runs in four innings, I should say, and and it was his worst start. But yeah, he's he's definitely uh, he's definitely in, in a good place right now and somebody you can count on rest of season.
1: All right, let's talk about Jorge Polanco. We actually did talk about Jorge Polanco Sunday on CBS Sports HQ, but uh, he's a legit breakout for you. And I'm going to look up where he ranks at shortstop. But it's Polanco's having a great season. I think he homered yesterday.
3: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. He did. So don't have to defend his bad game like with Boyd. (laughs) But, yeah, uh, Jorge Polanco was a guy who already excelled. He had, like, a high bat bit profile, really high line drive rate, and it had been consistent year after year. Um, The thing he's done differently this year, fly ball revolution. He's hitting more fly balls, and he's doing it. At age 25, where uh, you know it, it makes sense for there to be some power growth anyway, and like it, it's kind of been the perfect storm of okay, he's elevating the ball a lot more, giving him more power potential, but it hasn't it hasn't limited his line drive potential. It's basically just come out of the ground ball rate. He's not hitting any ground balls anymore, uh, which is a good profile to have in 2019 with the ball composition being what it is and and power numbers being what they are. Um, So I look at what he's doing and he has he has like a 345 BABIP and okay, I guess he's performing over his head, except the BABIP was even higher last year because that's just kind of part of the profile. That's kind of part of the package for him. He's striking out less than ever. There's not really anything he's doing that looks like a red flag to me. Like He's just excelling in every way. He's just doing all the things you want to see a hitter do and uh, obviously it's leading to huge numbers.
1: Jorge Balaco, yeah, sorry, he's 7th uh, he's in points, ninth in roto. My bad, Chris, go ahead.
2: Yeah, the only question for me is just, is this a good month? Because you're right, the underlying numbers mostly back it up, but he's also gone from someone who averaged about 84 miles per hour with uh, his average exit velocity the last couple of seasons to 88.2. That's still below average, but like Scott said, given the fact that he hits so many line drives, that can play up because, you know, an average exit velocity can play up if you hit the ball. Ideally, it's just he was one of the weakest hitters in baseball the last couple of years, like 25 28% hard contact or hard hit percentage, 2.6% barrel rate two years ago, and now he looks like a pretty average raw power guy. And so it's just a question of whether he can sustain being an average exit velocity guy or if this was just a, you know, a good month and, you know, opposing pitchers will will figure him out. That's that's the big thing for me.
1: So this is Jorge Polanco. Would you rather have Polanco or Ketel Marte? Probably Polanco.
3: Yep, I'd say Polanco.
1: Would you rather have Polanco or Tim Anderson? Anderson. Oh.
3: Oh really? Yeah, I, I was I was gonna say Polanco, and I didn't think it was particularly close. I thought Marte was closer. Polanco has Anderson, zero steals. <laughs> Which Anderson was
2: like a an top ninety player last season,
1: right? In Roto, in Roto, probably in
3: Roto, yeah, yeah. I mean, he he's in the long run. I think Tim Anderson's gonna be waiver fodder in in a points league, but Roto. I mean, obviously because he runs some, and so few players do. He's always going to have some value in that format. It's just is he going to be an impact player? I I you know, I, I think he's had a very lucky start to the season and he won't be that all season.
1: It's amazing that Jorge Polanco has a six twenty slugging percentage. As I'm looking at it right now, the only shortstop eligible player that a qualifying player that has a higher slugging percentage is Javier Baez at six twenty-seven. So I mean that is an outrageous number for Polanco, and yet he's only 7th in points and ninth in rodo. Um, because he has zero steals. And he should be like a 15-steal guy based on the last two seasons of his career. So maybe if he stops hitting so many freaking home runs and doubles, he'll get the first <laughs> base more often and he'll steal. Uh, but it's weird. All right, so I'm going to read the rest of the list that Scott gave me of legit breakouts. They're not as legit as Boyd and Polanco, but there's things that Scott really likes. Domingo Herman, Hunter Dozier, Yandy Diaz, Christian Walker, Frankie Montas, Mike Miner, and Luke Weaver. I should have sung it. Domingo Armand, Hunter Dozier, Yandy Diaz, <laughs> Christian Walker, Frankie Montas, Mike Miner, and Luke Weaver. Uh, Chris, any disagreement here?
2: Um, I'm trying. To, yeah, Christian Walker has still continued to be pretty good. The power has kind of not been there the last couple of weeks, but that's sort of nitpicking so yeah i i think there's definitely some legitimacy to most of these guys i you know i pointed out last week that yandy diaz his profile actually didn't look as good as i think we had thought it would and then he went out and hit two more home runs i believe on sunday saturday Uh, Saturday Saturday. that made me look bad um he
3: hit more home runs Saturday than he had in 299 major league plate appearances coming into the year
2: (laughs) and his you know and the thing for me was we talked a lot about the Rays digging into the numbers and getting the best performance out of him you know increasing his launch angle and all that hasn't happened so that makes me still a little bit skeptical although the you know he does hit the ball incredibly hard so you know, I, i'm definitely not saying
1: it's fake and then well, uh, you said last time that's so that's the Diaz, the last time mike minor pitched you said you thought he might be turning into a pumpkin
2: yeah yeah I, I i think like mike minor's another guy that there's just a long track record of him record of him being you know not that good like he, he we we were excited about him coming out into last season he was useful but he wasn't particularly great and i think there's a better chance of him becoming that again, like a high threes ERA guy than what he's been. And so I think you know, he 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 should be owned for sure. But it wouldn't shock me if we weren't looking at him as a must-start guy in three weeks.
3: Is a high threes ERA, like I, if he is a high threes ERA pitcher, and I'm not saying he's not, but if he is a high threes P- ERA pitcher who gets to go seven innings with bare amount consistency because he's a strike thrower, um, and he strikes out nearly a batter per inning. The swinging strike rate is way up this year. He seems to have optimized his arsenal in a way that gets more of that. Like, that's basically Cole Hamels, right? I mean, that's kind of what I'm hoping for for Mike Minor is, is a Cole Hamels-like outcome, which would still be basically my must-start.
2: Right, but that's not what he was last year.
3: You know, no, like, I think he's better like
2: that's, than last year. I, I think it all hinges on that. I think if he's a... A mid-3zra guy, yeah, he could go deep into games pretty regularly. But you know, last year he averaged a little better than five innings per start, maybe five and a third. And so, it's going to depend on the outcomes. You know, that they might be willing to let him throw 105 pitches every start, but or 100 pitches every start. But if he can't continue pitching efficiently, and that hasn't been the case for most of his career, pitching this effectively. Yeah, I I think there's a chance that we're probably looking at him more as, you know, a matchups guy in a couple of weeks.
1: Okay, Mike Miner is the fellow we're talking about. Uh, I got three names for you. Tell me if you think they're having legitimate breakouts. Omar Narvaez is a top three catcher in fantasy.
3: Yeah. Yeah, he's somebody I liked. He started to gain traction as a sleeper, I think, across the industry Um, as opening day approached when it was clear he was going to get a lot of playing time. So I didn't write about him, but, uh, but yeah, he's doing, he's living up to our best hopes for him. Yeah.
1: I think, and he's hitting fly balls. And that's the thing that he's got seven home runs already. This is a big time ground ball hitter. Narvaez is putting the ball in the air, which is nice. And he's always going to have a high OBP. In fact, I, off top of my head, I think I would expect him to lead catchers in on base percentage. Eduardo Escobar, number 11 shortstop in both points and roto, batting 288, eight home runs. Uh, He was actually a top 12 shortstop. He was 11th in points, 12th in roto last year, but he's been very good. Uh, Being the number 11 shortstop, it's a really good position, so that's not a bad thing at all. Eduardo Escobar, does this feel like a legit breakout to you?
3: It feels like a continuation of last year, honestly. He's been really hot the past few weeks, so the home run pace is ahead of last year's He had 23 last year, and he may end up with a few more than that. But, um, yeah, I think he's going to be useful. He's not going to be um, a game changer, but he's somebody who probably needs to be widely owned right
1: now. Okay, and who's buying Tommy LaStella another home run yesterday? He has 12 extra base hits. Ten of them are home runs. And a 27.8% home run to fly ball rate, which is high. But also a career high, 42.1% hard contact rate. Tommy LaStella, 54% owned. By the way, 12 walks, 8 strikeouts. Chris, you get the first word. You buying the breakout with Tommy LaStella?
2: What does a breakout for Tommy LaStella mean? Like, does it mean he belongs on a major league roster for the full season?
1: A fantasy roster. How about a fantasy roster for the full season?
2: No, I don't buy that at all. Um, I buy that he may have improved from where he had been, but where he had been was, you know, a total afterthought. And, you know, you look at his expected Woba, and it's actually a little lower than it was last season. So, no, I don't,
3: I don't think so. So the last time we talked about La Stella, um, we were on, you know, I was more optimistic than Chris. I was more excited than Chris. Um, But I'm not sure I really explained my feelings well, so I'm going to try a little better today.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, I feel like we need some heartfelt music behind this, but okay, go ahead. I don't have it. Yeah. uh, (laughs)
3: uh, So obviously the power he's shown is, is ridiculous compared to his previous standards. I mean, I... Ten home runs. He he has hit more home runs just in his two homer games this year than he had um the previous or as many as the previous two years combined. So that that kind of shows how out of character it is. But one two things Tommy Listelle had always excelled at is getting on base at a high rate and making consistent contact. I, I hadn't disliked him as a player. I thought it would be interesting if he ever got more playing time, and if anything, this power surge here early this season is giving him opportunities he hasn't had before. If it's enough to make him a full-time player, I think the potential could be something like DJ LeMahieu, or maybe even a little better, because the power. I mean, oh, no it's way. not going. It's <laughs> not going. To, he's not going to sustain this pace, but he is. Like he's he is hitting more fly balls in a environment that rewards that more than ever more this year than the past few years when we saw a big jump so like i i don't think he's going to be a zero in that going forward even if his pace it obviously has to slow down i mean one interesting uh, number for Listella. can we please wrap
1: up that- stella go ahead wrap wrap it up
3: Really, you don't want to talk about Tommy Listella? I, mean, I mean, I do, I, like, but we're
1: so, we're well, we're, ha- we're more than halfway through the show, and we've gotten through like ten percent of the notes. So I I don't well, know. I, I, I guess we just did talk about Tommy Listella.
2: My one rebuttal would be, if Tommy Listella's home run pace slows down, and it probably should, twenty eight percent home run to fly ball rate. I would bet it's a third of that moving forward, which means he probably should have three or four home runs right now, and. Like he doesn't run at all. He has four career stolen bases in the majors.
3: He never strikes out. His BABIP right, right but, now, or it, well, at least heading into yesterday, his BABIP for as much success as he's had this year was below 200, and that's mm-hmm. with a good line drive rate.
2: Sure, but again, if, he, if he's a, if he's a tw- like Joey Wendell's 2018 season without the steals. Is that what we're looking at? Because DJ LeMahieu used to run,
3: and I think he'll get on base more than that.
1: Right, but what I mean, but to what end? Okay, you know, like that's my question. Ready, ready to move on. Thank you for uh, that time of the Stella discussion. It was interesting. I just there's so much more to get to. We haven't gotten any of the news and notes. We haven't gotten to many of the company names or team name Tuesday or what's going on in the bullpen. Where the hell is Hector Neris? He's pitched once in the last 10 days. Um, all right. I'll talk about that. Chris Davis, double dong. Yoan Moncada, double dong. Then I want to read a lot of your emails at fantasybaseball@cbsi.com. Let's take one more quick break here on Fantasy Baseball today. Get you caught up on what you may have missed on Monday right after
0: this. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, TaylorBrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T A I L O R B R A N D S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. News
1: and notes Miguel Andujar back on the IL with a torn labrum in his shoulder. And it's certainly possible that Andujar is going to need surgery. So let's get your thoughts. Any interest in Tommy LaStella? Gio Urshela. (laughs) Gio Urshela. Not Tommy LaStella.
2: I I don't have much interest. I just... There's a pretty long track record of him not being a very good hitter in the minors. I'm not sure why... He's good now.
1: It's all singles, and too. I, so, yeah,
2: yeah. like I, I just – this seems like a guy who's had a nice run. It's a great
1: story. He's had a lot of good luck, and I, I don't think it's going to keep up. It is a good story. Go Yankees. Nelson Cruz <laughs> may not have to go on the IL for his wrist injury. Probably won't. That's good news. Eloy Jimenez is going to be uh, begin a rehab assignment today. Could be back very soon. Carlos Rodon is going to have Tommy John surgery. David Robertson shut down for three weeks due to an elbow injury. We'll get to the bullpen in just a moment. Dustin Pedroia had a setback. That can't be bad news for Michael Chavis. Gary Sanchez and Glaber Torres were both in the Yankees lineup yesterday, but they got rained out. D. Gordon pinch ran and he stole a base. Ryan Braun pinch hit. Kyle Seeger is going to begin a rehab assignment today. He's not eligible to come off the IL until May 25th. Jamison Tyone is on the 60 day IL now, so it's not going to be four weeks. It's not going to be six weeks. 60-day IL for Jamison Tyone. Williams-Astudio started at third base. Obviously, Miguel Sano is coming back soon. We'll see uh, what happens there. New TV show to recommend for Chris Towers. I hope you are watching Ooh. What what We Do in the Shadows.
2: I have no idea. never heard of it.
1: It's really What's funny. It about? It's like a spooky an- vampire show on FX. It's- is it an hour oh, that's- long? No, it's this half hour. The,
2: uh, this is the Taika Waititi
1: show, isn't it? Is that the guy from uh, that show? What's the So Ragnarok? Oh, I don't know. I think he I think this is a I didn't see it.
2: Yeah, this is a an adaptation of like his first movie, I think.
1: Yeah, it was a movie, which I didn't know until last night, but it's I've watched the first two episodes. It's really funny. I think you will like what we, yeah, no, what we I, do with the Yeah, I want to watch it. Okay. And today is a really guys, today is such an important day for me. I really need you to root for me. There there might not be a single day that decides the enjoyment I will get from sports over the next like ten years more than today because tonight is the NBA draft lottery and since the Knicks won the lottery when they won Patrick Ewing in '85 or whatever it was they have not moved up in the lottery once they have either stayed where they should have been or gone down every single year. I it's, need them it's to get because they
2: changed it. They changed
1: it from envelopes to ping pong. <laughs> it's a lot harder to rig. <laughs> but every year they've been worse or the same. So tonight is a huge night for me. I need you to. I need you to pray for me. All right, in the bullpen. Uh, I will absolutely not be doing that. Hansel Robles got the save for the Angels. No surprise. Jeremy Jeffress pitched in the fifth inning. I don't really like. It's time probably to move on from Jeremy Jeffress. That's my guess. Um, He's
3: pa- throwing harder now. He is that was a problem when he first came back but the velocity's close to where it was last year again so i'm not i'm not totally forgetting about
1: it all right all right but what about Pat Neshek getting the save for the Phillies where is our boy uh hector Neris? he's pitched once in 10 days what what is this
2: you have to assume there's something going on you know maybe it doesn't rise to the level of of an aisle stint but I, I, like once in 10 days that's you don't see that very often that's you know that's the kind of thing where you're probably doing him a disservice if he's healthy to not throw him uh during that time so i i I don't know anything about it but it's hard to say it's hard for me to believe that it would just be like they just haven't found a spot for him in that span
1: there was something going on about his delivery and maybe it being illegal um, and whether or not his delivery was violating any rules, I'm reading an article about that from May sixth. So I don't know. We'll try to investigate. But should we pick up Pat Nischek?
2: I mean, he might get like six or seven saves the rest of the season. But we know what this team is.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I did. You know, honestly, it looked like it looked like Hector Neris was going to get the bulk of the saves. So that's why I guess. Yeah, no, he'd been he'd
3: been really he had been much more consistently called upon than I had ever thought Gabe Kapler possible of. So, if if there was if they had reason to believe that he was going to get called for box or whatever, uh, because of what his delivery was looking like, and they had to pull him aside and work on that, um, I, I don't know what that means. I don't know what any of it means, but. It, he had he had been a surprising, surprisingly reliable source of saves here recently. Naris had.
1: Do you guys know how to pronounce this golfer's last name? Uh, Brooks K O E P K A. Do you know who he is? I, I think it's Kep- Kapik. <laughs> I don't think it's that at all. K O E P K A. Kepka, Kepka. Kapka, Kepka, right? Kepka. I don't I think know. So. I'm about I feel to feel like I've heard. Sporty very people good. talk about Brooks Kepka before. I
2: know he's very good.
1: Okay, well, I'm about to do a golf read, and I don't know anything about golf, so here we go. Hey, golf fans! PGA Championship Week is here, and CBS Sports is giving you tons of ways to follow all the action at the second major championship of the year. You can watch the tournament live stream on Saturday and Sunday in the CBS Sports mobile app and on cbsports.com and it's all free. You don't have to pay for a subscription or have a cable package to watch, but we don't stop there. We also have CBS Sports HQ, a streaming sports network that's on 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and brings you news, highlights, and in-depth analysis. Our experts will also give you insider info to help you set your fantasy lineups and place winning bets. We do it all without any yelling or fake debates. It's the perfect network for fans who want their sports coverage without into politics and other off-the-field topics, and guess what—it's free! During the PGA Championship, CBS Sports HQ will have highlights of the action. Our golf analyst Kyle Porter will provide analysis on-site from Beth Page Black throughout the week. Will Tiger win another major and pull out and pull even closer to the Golden Bears' record? Will Brooks Koepka? uh, capture, just kidding. Kepco capture his second straight PGA Championship title. Will Ricky Fowler finally win his first major? Follow all the action with CBS Sports. Download the CBS Sports app on your phone, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, or Apple TV to start watching today. And again, in case you missed it, live streaming on uh, CBSports.com and on the mobile app on Saturday and Sunday, and it's all free. All right, all right let me read the, uh, the company names here. Let's see how you feel about them. Garrett Cole, I love it. Austin Hedges, the best landscapers in the state of Texas.
2: That one's better, I think. Yeah, that one's actually, I think that's better than Garrett Cole.
1: Tyler Flowers, probably a real business in California, Florida, Missouri, or Minnesota. I guess, I don't know why those states. It it works. It works. Yeah. 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 Derek Holland Cruise Lines. Uh, Mike Trout Trout Fishing Expeditions. Yep. Zach Wheeler Tire and Brakes. Kurt Suzuki (laughs) Parts and Service. (laughs) Sure. <laughs> Nico Goodrum Whiskey Distillery. Or that? Yeah, that that one's it. Wouldn't Nico be whiskey. Goodrum, uh, but, Goodrum yeah. and Whiskey Distillery. I read it. Wrong. Okay. That's yeah. That
3: that's less on the nose. I kind of like it.
2: You gotta. I mean, you gotta pick one though. Like, there's no way they're gonna make
1: good rum and good whiskey. I know, yeah. right? Gerard Dyson Repair Services and Mike Leak Repair Services. What about Christopher Towers?
3: Mike Lee. <laughs> I don't know if the mics really work for me. I don't know if the mics... Uh, the, the thing that makes Griffin Canning so great is that you normally hear Griffin as a last name. Yeah. Like, that you don't ever really think of it as a first name. Well, I'm sure about, he's not the first guy ever with Griffin as a first name, but you don't normally hear it that way.
1: How about... So I think it works. Th- yeah, how about this one? Wilmer Font and Calligraphy. Yeah. Yeah. Jorge yeah. Solar Panel Installation. Yeah. There's apparently uh, – obviously, we know about Milton Bradley. There was a guy named Soup Campbell in the 40s. Coot I mean, Veal. Coco uh, Crisp. Uh, yeah, he put that in there, but Cocoa Crisp is not a company name. It's a cereal. Coot Veal. It's was, a brand. Was a guy in the 50s. Uh, Clinton Store in the 80s. We got Hunter Wood, archery manufacturer. <laughs> Matt Barnes sells livestock pads. Oh,
2: my gosh. Hunterwood is very good. Like I had to think about it for a second. That's extraordinary,
1: <laughs> Matt Barnes. That's probably the best one. How about Mike Wright, audio consultant? Mike Wright. Oh, that's yeah, that's very right, good as right, well. Yeah. Mike Miner, yeah. children's audio consultant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <That's> a... <laughs> Drew Smiley, yeah, no, the I, Drew I don't Smiley. It's a good company. Drew Smiley is the caricature artist. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. right. I think these are good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Smiley. Austin Meadows could be a golf course, horse track, or cemetery. Austin Meadows. Austin Meadows, yeah, that works. Skybolt. 24 hour locksmith. Skybolt. Okay, this is a good one. Shed long, residential landscaping. That's not a good one? Okay. And Justice Sheffield, (laughs) attorney at law. Those are pretty good. (laughs) No, yeah, that's decent. All right, double dongs from yesterday. Chris Davis, he's Chris Davis. Probably don't have much to say about him, except it's kind of weird. Chris Davis, his first 19 games, he was great. Same thing with Yoan Moncada. His first 19 games, he was great. Then for Chris Davis, his next 18 games, he hit zero home runs. Yoan Moncada, his next 20 games, he hit one home run. Quite frankly, I was getting a little concerned about Yoan Moncada, that he was going the way of like Michael Franco and... Jason Hayward, guys who got off to good starts and were falling back into being kind of bad fantasy players. Uh, I'm not saying I'm completely without those concerns. I think Moncada's slump, he hit two home runs yesterday, coincided with seeing a lot of lefties. And he's still bad against lefties. He's slugging Mm -hmm. 353 against lefties. So I do think you have to sort of look at that and wonder how good the breakout can be for Moncada when he's crushing righties but still struggling against the southpaws.
2: Yeah, I, he should not be a switch hitter, is my hot take. He just can't hit left-handed. It goes back to the minors. Like he's consistently been like...
1: No, he can't hit right Two to
2: three hundred OP. Yeah, he can't hit. No, he
1: can't hit left. He can't hit left-handed right. pitchers. He he, he can't yeah. hit, yeah, right, right. So he can't hit from the right
3: side of yeah. the play. My hot um, take is nobody should be a switch hitter, but...
1: It's incredibly
3: <laughs>
2: difficult to do, and that's what we're seeing is... You know, like Chipper Jones could do it. Lance Berkman could do it. But there's a lot of guys who are significantly worse. And since his swing yeah. is so much better from the left side of the plate, I'd rather deal with the, the strikeout problems that would likely come, given that he already strikes out a lot against lefties anyway, um, right. and see if he can at least do some damage when he makes contact because he can't hitting from the right side.
3: Yeah, but the data has shown that like, if he could get his strikeout rate down from, like, a third of the time to closer to a quarter. Like, the, the problem against lefties were always there, right? Um, but the the numbers were going to be great if he could do that, and that's exactly mm-hmm. what he's done this year. So just because there was a little of a dry, bit of a dry spell, like, it's not like his num- numbers completely cratered or anything. They're still awfully good yeah. on the year.
1: Right. He's a number four. Moncada's the number four second baseman in points leagues, number two in Roto. So you still buy him as, like, a must-start guy going forward? Yeah, yeah I, I so. do. Okay. All right, so let me read some emails and tweets, some good ones here, relevant players involved. And the first one involves a struggling Bryce Harper and Yoan Moncada. Uh, grade the trade from Jake. I was offered Glaber Torres and Bryce Harper for Yoan Moncada and Michael Brantley. And let me tell you that Bryce Harper is the number 25 outfielder in points and number 41 in Roto. He is striking out 30.5% of the time. And by the way, he has a three-zero-one BABIP, and he's hitting two-twenty-two. So it's an interesting trade here because you are seemingly upgrading from Brantley to Harper, but you are downgrading from Moncada to Gleyber Torres, who has been the number 16 second baseman thus far, not really hitting for a lot of power. So grade the trade, give up Moncada and Brantley, get Torres and Harper.
3: It's it's a B-minus. It's not as good as I would have assumed it was coming into the year, but it's still the trade I'd make.
2: Yeah, the, I'm, I am a little bit concerned about Bryce Harper because his plate discipline numbers are all moving in the wrong direction, and they have been for the last two years, and now it's starting to get into kind of dangerous territory.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's, maybe that's just something to keep an eye on here, but, I mean, does Harper, if you're drafting again today, is Harper a first-round pick for you?
3: No, I mean... I'm not sure he was. Was he? He He was right there at the borderline, I guess, of round one and two. Uh, But for me, he would be probably at the borderline of round two and three now.
1: Wow. Okay. Would you rather have a returning? Well, he's not returning yet. I was going to say Giancarlo Stanton. You'd rather have Harper. Right? Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Next email. Is about Tim Anderson. We already talked about him. Next email is from Dan in Massachusetts. Is this Brandon Dixon guy legit? Let's get some Brandon Dixon chatter going. He's Brandon on the Tigers. Brandon
0: Dixon. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. on the Tigers.
1: So I haven't noticed. What All right,
2: so how long, is long does it take doing? to type in Brandon Dixon? <laughs> I have noticed him. I, I looked into
1: bar. him over the weekend. I don't think he plays every day. Um. No,
2: there's. Yeah, I don't think there's anything here. Okay. No,
1: he's not. If
3: you want an obscure Tigers player who's been surprisingly productive, I, I go Ronnie Rodriguez over
1: Brandon Dixon. Right. Yeah,
2: because you're looking at 38% strikeout rate, and that's been consistently high throughout his minor league career. That's
1: it. We're done. No Brandon Dixon. Yeah. Uh, From David Y. in North Bergen, New Jersey Dear Mesa, Canseco, and Bautista, those are Jose's. Jose's. Uh, the email should have been subject line, no way, Jose. Is Jose Alvarado droppable in a standard 5x5 five five Roto League? Jose Alvarado.
3: So I don't think he's had a save since uh, the first week of April. <sighs> and yet he's tied for the Rays' lead in saves, which is kind of like that. That has become the clearest bullpen committee. Diego Castillo has the leg up over the other two, uh, with Emilio Pagan being the third because he throws right-handed. Castillo does i to the point with those three where if you're not owning them mostly for the ratios, you probably shouldn't own them because saves are just not something you can count on from any of them.
1: He is a terrific pitcher, though, so you can keep, on, yeah. keep Alvarado for the ratios, but I understand the frustration. Um, from Aaron, Aaron wants to know how you guys approach the number one waiver spot. When should you use it? Chris, what do you think?
2: Uh, I think you should probably use it
1: as early as
2: possible because that's where you're going to get the, the most impact from it. If you hit on a guy like last season when Juan Soto got called up, if you hit on a guy who gets called up early and he plays the entire season, you're going to get a huge amount of value for that. Whereas if you wait until June, July, you're only going to get, at best, two or three months out of them. So that that's what I would say. I, I don't want to hold on to it for too long. Um, you know, I don't know who you've passed up, but there have been some pretty impactful players on the waiver wire. So I I would say you should use it as early as possible. Scott,
1: uh, Doug, it's not, yeah, yeah, no, I'm sorry. I was trying to get through the rest. Doug wants to know if we should sit Christian Yelich in road games.
3: No. We had to get to this, really.
1: Okay, next up. <laughs> this was up. important. Don't, don't sit him. Uh, when will Jose Ramirez figure it out? Why don't we save that for tomorrow? Uh, that deserves to be at the top of the show. Um, email here, I don't have a name, but I need an outfielder. Brandon Lau, Fran Reyes, or Jeff McNeil? Uh,
3: I would go Fran Reyes.
1: Yes. Yeah. We had to get to this. I like that. That was good. Uh, Carl wants you to grade his trade. Give up Soroka and Bogart's. Get Luis Castillo. Uh
3: I I think I would I think I would do that given the state of pitching. Um, but obviously you're giving up a pretty good pitcher too in Soroka. So I give it a that looks like another B minus to me.
1: Quiet season so far from Bogart's. He's I think the number twelve shortstop in fantasy. He's been fine. Good plate discipline. Improve you know probably a bylaw. You're probably going to mm. get hot.
3: Like, certainly if you work at the guy who picked up, like, Jorge Polanco and you're having trouble deciding who to start at shortstop every week, you know, something like that, it makes it a right. even
1: better trade. And uh, from Brandon, or Brendan, Points League, grade the trade. Give up Luke Weaver, get Joey Votto.
2: A, still.
1: I won't go quite
3: that high, but yeah, it's I'll go uh, I'll go a minus.
2: A a month and a half ago, you drafted them three hundred spots apart. You know.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I'm just kind of to the point with a a pitcher where, like, somebody who I think is good at that position feels so much more valuable than anything else, except obviously, you know, the tip top of the hitters, Uh like the outs and uh, the first round type hitters.
2: I agree. I'm just a little less confident that the guys who are good for a month and a half will be good in a month and a half as well. Okay, that, that's it, where
1: it comes for me. It's time for team name Tuesday. Rowdy with a chance of long balls. <laughs> I like that one. Okay. Chris doesn't apparently cuz he well, last yeah, You
3: gotta,
2: you got to you got to stick with the theme. You got to find something that rhymes with rain. Or, no, no. sorry. No. I told, no, no. This is the move
1: on. I totally <laughs> missed it. Just. Uh, honey nut choritos. We've had that, yeah, had that before. It's good. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> Forget a babbit. I like this. Forget a babbit.
3: toast crab. The all time best.
1: Zimmerman toast crust? Yeah, all right, Scott. Um, yeah, be quiet. Forget a babbit. Cease. Okay, moving on. That's good. c set. C- C-Sheck. C- <laughs> By the C-Sheck. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty <really> good. good. <laughs> uh, next up, Glass Now Half Empty.
0: Yeah. Yep. It- Sadly.
1: Pinder Eflin Paper Company. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'll be a Muncie's Keichel. <laughs>
3: That's Is that
2: Yeah. I'll be a monkey's uncle. That's what three? Three yeah. different I'll be
3: Muncie Keiko, yeah. That's too much of a stretch. That's you when oh, you no. jam too many things in there it usually
1: messes it up. No, it's perfect. <laughs> save the Yates. Like save the date. Save the Yates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's okay. Okay. He's, he's a closer. I think you'd have to put Oprah as your avatar for this one. And every time I say you, it's you as in you, Darvish, why you, you get a walk, you get a walk, you get a walk. Yeah, that's yeah.
2: Good. <laughs> uh, it's true.
1: Okay, uh, Marcakis by the Ocean. That's good. Mark I'm not Hakus sure by I get that ocean. one. Cake, yeah, by don't don't cake, by the, cake by the Ocean. Cake by the is Ocean. Marcakis by the Ocean. If it's a music reference, no wonder I don't get it. Chris, is you don't know Cake thing? by the Ocean? No, I don't know Cake by Should I? Yeah, that's I think it's is that Panic at the Disco? Who is that? Cake? Oh, no, no, then okay. Yeah. Cake by the Ocean, which by the way, uh no, it's Who's DNCE? Uh yeah, I, I, no. Uh, I, I've never heard this one. Cake by the Ocean is uh Lovemaking by the Ocean, by the way. Okay. You uh, how uh, what the hell you've oh. never heard Cake by the Ocean? I've heard that song 6000 I mean, times. But... Uh, gonna um, take I mean, my horse to your town you've heard that song I mean that song's great okay here we go two more this one's weird Adam can you handle this Scott can you handle this Chris can you handle this I don't think you can handle this I don't think you're ready for this jelly I do have to do the whole thing I don't think you're ready for this <laughs> jelly my body too vicious for you babe that's
2: very good thank you
1: yeah you're welcome <laughs> And finally, Hansel and Kettle. Yep, yep. Yeah, it's pretty good. We didn't talk about Brad Peacock or Yusei Kikuchi or Robbie Ray or Jose Barrios or Freddy Peralta or Reynaldo Lopez or Tyler Skaggs. We have one but, minute. There were seven games last but night. But
2: we, we did talk about Brandon Dixon.
1: <laughs> and, and <he's laughs> so all's well that ends well. On the road. Uh, six games. Actually. Yeah, six games. Okay. Um, uh, we gotta go. We're out of time. I'm sorry. (laughs) I guess we could talk about them tomorrow, although we probably won't. I apologize. Not my best show. Not my best show. But I did learn how to say that golfer's name. We'll talk to you on Wednesday. Bye, everyone.